cannot wait to try the food here. The reviews have been incredible. Okay, what's good? Um, I've heard good things about the prosciutto, um, also the caprese, also the mozzarella sticks, uh, and the bruschetta, uh, and the garlic bread. Do you mean bruschetta? Yeah, bruschetta. Why are you saying it that way? That's how it's supposed to be pronounced. People like it when you embrace their culture. It's very respectful. Ooh, they have linguini. Okay, talking to you is embarrassing and I want to change the subject. Have you guys eaten in this neighborhood before? Actually, right next door, there's this amazing Spanish restaurant. They do the best tapas and gazpacho. You mean tapas and gazpacho? Yeah, that's what I said, tapas and gazpacho. That is not what you said! And like one block down, there's this sushi restaurant that you have to try. That is racist. It's not racist. Sweet baby Jesus, we are recording to you from the city of Seattle, neighborhood South Lake Union, in Studio 212, still unfortunately part of the Soundcasting Network. Fuck you! I am one of the hosts of this show about food culture, back of the house uh, shenanigans, and... Uh, all around debauchery. Uh, this is episode 110 of Grill. How long steak, Mister? Eight and a half minutes in rest, chef. Thank you. We shall go ahead and start the pasta. Uh, go ahead and drop that tagliatelle. Uh, as you can hear, that is not Johnny Tsunami, aka the Afro Latino, who's always being mean, though. Uh, that is the producer. Always dropping to do, sir. Uh, risotto Kid, Pasta Prince, uh, Keith. You got, got any other names you want to throw out there? Uh, Derek has added the Prince of Parmesan. The Prince of Parmesan. <laughs> we, what we call the, the popper, the popper of popper of pasta, the popper of pasta, the popper of Parmesan. I don't know. I love it all. Risotto God. God. Uh, W-A-W, son. Yeah, so not only is Keith the producer of the show and owner-operator of the Soundcasting Network, he also used to be a member of the back of the house. He is retired. Uh, but he, uh, you guys sometimes hear him on the show, but he hasn't been here for a while. We also took off a week, uh, but Johnny's not here because he is on daddy duty and uh, girlfriend is uh, keeping him home. Hey, man, kids are important. I feel him. I feel him. And whilst he was real busy, too, his uh, chef was on CBS this morning. Uh, did you happen to see that, Keith? I did not see that, but I will go find it. His braces are back, man. Uh, <laughs> if you guys don't know who Johnny's uh, chef is, Eduardo Jordan, he's he's a, he's older, but he looks very young. And the braces make him look young, too. But he got him off. And he always had a big smile, but he used to have a mouthful of metal, then an Invisalign, whatever. But uh, Johnny was uh, filling in. That's why we didn't get a show in last week. So, uh, and then he's, his uh, girlfriend and his baby just got back into town. So he is, uh, you know, he was going to bring Harlem in, which love seeing that baby started walking. Anyway, uh, we're going to try a new format today. We're going to bang out a couple of different things. Okay. A couple clarifications from last week. Two different things. Um, one, we'd mentioned that a Angela Stoll uh, recently of Ethan Stoll Restaurants was going to be stepping down to run Fair Start. Uh, she's going to be CEO. Uh, we had mentioned maybe that they had downsized their restaurant group and she had stepped away because she wanted to focus more time on uh, her children and her, you know, on her husband. We have got an email from uh, our buddy Toby. 
uh, Krempel, who works for them. And he had some things to say. Not too many things. Nothing really bad. He just said that she's going to be there till October. She's going to be still a uh, part of Ethan Stoll Restaurants until October. She'll be taking over Fair Start in October. And that it's going to be a nice, smooth transitioning. They're passing off some of the... They sold some of the restaurants. And then they're also not going to be running a couple of the restaurants. They have a former chef, Travis, and his wife, Lisa, are going to be managing a couple other bars. And uh, it had really has nothing to do with, uh, was not related to the time with the family. She just knew that she didn't want to stay with uh, Ethan Stoll Restaurants forever. And she wanted to focus her, uh, now I've always known, she's worked with um, a former host of this show, a Hello Echohawk sister down at the Chief Seattle Club. She's done a lot of stuff for the homeless. So has Ethan Stoll. Um, so she just wanted to focus her time on... Uh, Making the world a better place. Yeah, giving back. And that's why I really appreciate her and her husband. They, I remember one time Ethan Stoll had wrote, written something online challenging uh, some of the politicians here in Seattle to come about homelessness and challenging them to come down and ride around with the Union Mission Gospel and see all the, the good work he does and how much time he spends feeding the homeless and going around and hearing their stories. So I really appreciated that and I just like hearing when restaurateurs and chefs and cooks are actually good people and not like rapey McRapersons <laughs> they can't be I was gonna say they can't be good people and rapey McRapersons <laughs> but no they can't but no that's not my point my thing is that they can give back but still be rapey McRapersons Yes, but I like it when it turns out that they're not Rapimic Rapersons. <laughs> I mean, so do I. Unlike some people we've uh, we, we, we've heard about lately. Oh, we will be getting into that. Should we just get into it now? No, no. We, we, we've got a format. We're going to stick to it. We'll bring you the, the, the meaty, juicy bullshit later. All right. Speaking of uh, bad chef owners, uh, Josh Henderson. No. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. So I've had a little bit of time to dig around and stuff, and I didn't reach out to him uh, the last week. So everything's still standing. Nothing more has really came out. The judgment against him. Uh, he's going to pay up. He's still with Huxley Wallace. But I have spoke to some of my friends about Renee Erickson taking over. The transition has been going really well. Renee's a gangster. Of her coming in. Yeah, I recently ran into her at Bateau. She was there, said hello. But I've talked to some friends. She is a badass, and she has been at Westward. So what she's doing, apparently, is she's going to all the new spots that she's taking over, and she's working in those restaurants for a couple weeks at a time. And she's going to see where they're at, what they're doing, how they're doing, learning a lot of the positions, what works well and what doesn't work well, before she makes any modifications. Because that's how real ones roll, man. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, she was serving. She was expediting. I heard she was doing dishes. And then we're recording this on a Monday. I heard that she should be down at Westward today shucking oysters. I believe it. Hot off the press. That's what I heard. Uh, but I, I think that's awesome that a chef comes into a restaurant and doesn't immediately say, this sucks, that sucks, we need to immediately change this. She's going to kind of get a whole layout of what works and doesn't work with all of the restaurants that she's taken over before she implements any changes. So I think that's really G shout out to her. And it's nice to hear. I've, I've heard a lot of people that have been working at the restaurants, her coming in saying they're like super excited. She's a positive, uh, new breath of fresh air. Into it doesn't the matter how long I've been around. I've never heard like bad shit about her. Neither have I. I only like, met her. I met her through Tamara Murphy uh, many, many years ago. And I was intimidated by her back then. I'm intimidated by her now. <laughs> just, it just, she just like, 
you can just tell she she demands respect and she earns the respect. And she'll cut you if she doesn't get it. Never worked for her before, but uh, I haven't really heard too many complaints. And everybody that I've known that worked with her has come away a better cook or a better chef. So shout out to her and congratulations for picking up the new restaurants. Yeah, congratulations. I mean, she's making that move down to L.A. too. Um, She's legit turning into like a West Coast powerhouse. Big ups. Big ups. Represent Seattle too. Represent Seattle. Keith, what's up been up with you? The most exciting thing, man, is that I went and ate at Tom Colicchio's Craft Steak. Oh, God. It was so good. Yeah. I went there years ago with some friends of mine, and it was quite the dining experience. I will say this, though. Uh, lobster is overrated as fuck. Why are you arguing with people online about that? Lobster is delicious. Crab is also delicious. Crab is better. Uh, I don't know if you can better. I, don't I think it's better. Better texture, better flavor. Better texture? Yeah. King crab is definitely something that cannot be even put into words. But lobster, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, Umi uh, Sake House downtown has one of the best lobster tempuras I've ever had in my entire life. It is quite yeah, delicious. I'll go try that here after we get done. But crab tempura just isn't the same. I, so I would definitely go lobster tempura over crab tempura. So there, mm. there's one. There's just one example of how you're wrong. How you are wrong, Yes, yeah, only one. Uh, you know, the one thing I did miss down in Vegas that I really wanted to do, there's a spot that has a lobster pho. That's a waste of lobster. I don't think so. What, you're going to make lobster broth? I have no With idea. With huge chunks of lobster? Like, how are they making I, the broth? I, the best thing I about- I had no idea. I didn't get to go fucking go try it. Well, the best thing about the broth that they make is using the marrow, like the, the, the you know what I'm saying? So I guess you're just going to take make lobster stock- yeah, bunch of stock. aromatics. It's not really fish stock. That's what I'm saying. How is it a pho? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Things change when they come to America. Interesting. True. True. Uh, we also hit Christina Tosi's uh, milk bar for some crack pie, and uh, it lives up to his reputation. I've heard. I've heard very, very good things. I've heard it's overpriced, though. That's what well, I've yeah, heard. Well, yeah, it's overpriced as fuck, but it's in the Cosmopolitan in Vegas. Of course it's overpriced. That whole fucking place is overpriced. Yeah, no. Shout out to my ex-girlfriend. Whoop, whoop. She works at the Cosmopolitan bar. She's good shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's into kundalini yoga <laughs> now. Kundalini yoga. She has her, like, seven-year-old daughter. I just saw yesterday posted a picture of her seven-year-old doing kundalini, and I heard like that's some like tantric stuff <laughs> about that kind. I'm not into yoga, but if I was, kundalini is the way to go, right? Uh, sure. All right, what are we talking about today, Keith? Man, we're gonna do a bunch of little quick hits here because usually, like, we get on a topic and then we just veer off, and it's like ten minutes of fucking blabber about shit that we could have done in like two. So I asked Keith what he wanted to talk about today, like what his thing was, and the, the guess who he wants to talk about? His favorite chef in the entire world. He's gonna defend him right now and say he's one of the greatest American cooks. No, I'm gonna say he's a good person, uh, Guy Fieri. You fucking human axe bottle body, body spray. You, you fucking living troll doll. I, I give you so much props for being out there and feeding firefighters and evacuees during the wildfire. Is he a good person, though? I mean, I've read stories about him being a fucking tyrant on the set of his television show and talking shit to other chefs. He's one of those guys when the camera goes off, acts a different way. You know, that may be true, but you can let a lot slide for the fact that he's out there actually giving back when it matters. 
because that's some important shit. I mean, people are losing their homes. People are dying. Uh, there's people out there risking their lives to stop these fires. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go feed them. He also teamed up with the Salvation Army. Don't they? Don't the Salvation they Army hate like gay people? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, everybody's got some problematic friends. <laughs> In the Red Cross, I mean, teamed up with the Red Cross, and I'm pretty sure the Red Cross takes about 80% of the money donated and gives it to their, their Robbie, people that... he's helping people. That's all I'm going to say. Who is he... I mean, who's he doing it for, though? Is he doing it for the people or doing First it for First responders and evacuees. Does it doesn't matter why he did it as long as those people get fed and taken care of. And he's there cooking, too. Yeah. It's not... He just didn't throw money no, at it or donate. he didn't just, donate. like, show up and, like, I'm Guy Fieri, and this is diners, drive-ins, and burn-downs. Yeah. Uh, well, shout-out to Guy Fieri. Uh, he's got a... Yeah, man. I, he, why does he have a French flag underneath of his... Name on a chef's coat. Because he's a fucking weird guy. Maybe he went to Cordon Bleu. Possibly. From one plague of this nation, Guy Fieri, to another plague in this nation, hepatitis A. There's been a <laughs> breakout across the United States, apparently. This is straight from the CDC. Um, basically, the Center for Disease Control issued a health advisory warning to Americans uh, that a hepatitis outbreak is affecting more than 10 states. So the 10 states that are experiencing a wide-scale hepatitis outbreak are Arkansas, California, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, Missouri, North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, Utah, and West Virginia. How is Florida not on that list? Well, they put a map. If you guys can go to the CDC, they'll have this. But this is from Toast, uh, Toast.com. And uh, So wait, where, where did it actually come from? Like, what did it stem from? So basically what happens with the CDC is anytime there is anything, there's more than two cases in one county. They can stay investigate it, right? And then once they start digging it up, if they find any validity behind those findings, they issue an outbreak status, a minor outbreak. Well, they're finding that it's a major. They're having major uh, so call-ins and reports of hepatitis. Has it been centered in like the restaurant industry? Is it just something we need to be aware of in general? No, they're saying it's it's coming from a lot of. Uh, restaurants in the restaurant industry. You dirty fuckers aren't washing your hands. That and that's what they're saying. It is. Stop wearing your apron into the bathroom. You fuck. <laughs> yeah, I have been in trouble for that. And when I was young, when I was young, and the reason for that, it, I mean, here's where the situation goes. It's not that you want to be unclean or you are a dirty human. It's that any way that you can cut time of handling your business and getting back to helping people cook um, so your chef doesn't get mad at you, you're going to do what you got to do. So Wash your hands, you dirty fuck. Stop wearing your aprons into the bathroom. Wash your hands twice. Yeah. And wear, and wear gloves. That's what it is. But what they're saying is, is that it's not just that. It's the, it's the alcoholism and the drug use and the, the intermingling of sexes in the kitchen. Are you suggesting that there's <laughs> drug use and uh, co-worker sexual interactions well, in the I, restaurant business? Well, I mean, that's what they're saying. I mean, they're saying that this is some of the reasons that they think that the food service industry is being called out. Um on a higher rate and people are tending a lot of the people that are reporting that there's a, in a lot of these counties, um, they're saying that a lot of people who caught, uh, hepatitis a, a lot of them are reported some of the same restaurants in the neighborhood of eating their last. And so like here in Seattle, we eat out all the time. 
<clears throat> so we could have picked up hepatitis from any of the restaurants or you know heroin here in Seattle. But in a lot of these small towns and some of these other cities, people maybe go out to eat once a month. Yeah, it's a little bit different. You know, so if your entire family doesn't have didn't catch hepatitis, obviously it's not, you're not cooking at home. So if somebody went out to dinner for, with a friend or for a function and caught hepatitis, I mean, I don't know. They're just, it's, it's just something that people need to stay up on in the food service industries. Wash your hands. Uh, wash your hands. It's just like washing you your dirty motherfucker. Wash your vegetables. Uh, luckily, wash Se- all your shit. Yeah, Seattle hasn't been named. There's been a couple hot spots around um, the United States where a lot of cases. Um, so Santa Cruz County had about 75 cases reported. Los Angeles had about 37. Jesus Christ, 584 in San Diego County. This is. Crazy. 182 in Salt Lake, 164 in Detroit. Louisville has 128. They're not all those saying all those are coming from the restaurant industry. The the, the point is, like, be careful. Wash your hands. Be clean. Uh, What do you want to talk about this poke guy? Oh, I'm doing poke now? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, So there's this dude in Chicago who's got a company called Aloha Pokey, and he files some copyrights. And now he is, like, busy sending cease and desist letters to, like, a lot of Native Hawaiians who own pokey places saying you can't use Aloha for any business purposes. Now, this is problematic because he's copywritten, like, another culture's word and said, fuck you, you can't use it anymore. Now, does that make him smart or does that make him a fucking asshole or both? Um, it makes him smart enough to take advantage of the legal system and a big enough dick that if somebody were beating him up, I'd probably wait until they were done before I called the cops. <laughs> I don't know. I think this dude is probably a f- big asshole, but you got to do what's great for your business. And if you own a place called Aloha Poke and you don't see a copyright on it, you're going to take advantage of it. Right. Correct. I mean, I, that's what I would do. He's basically like, eh, fuck you and your people. I'm just taking your language and you can't use it no more. That's, it's, it's kind of fucked up. Like, even, f- he, he, I'm, yeah, it's fucked up. Like, you're, it's legally right. It doesn't make yeah. it morally right. It's, no, it doesn't make it morally right, but in a business sense, it's the right thing to do. Like, protect, from a bus- yeah, pr- protect your business. From a business legality standpoint, he's done nothing wrong. From a human being standpoint, he's a terrible person. <laughs> that may be true. Okay. Speaking of businesses uh, being assholes, I don't know if this is an asshole move. Maybe it's good for the planet. Maybe it's a little uptight, but uh, if you guys haven't heard of WeWork, uh, they also have WeHomes, I think, now they started. So WeAboos. Yeah, right? <laughs> so WeWork is a place where um, you can come in and you have an office space that is shared amongst small business owners or people wanting to uh, have some startups and they don't have a lot of money, but they can rent out space. You have a fax machine, maybe some computers. All the amenities you need to be a business person. Yes. The CEO has made WeWork a vegetarian space uh, all across the nation. Uh, They said it affects about 6,000 employees uh, and they are trying to uh, they said over 15 million animals uh, will have their lives saved by 2023 by eliminating meat from their events and their office spaces. So you're no longer allowed to order meat um, on the company dime on the company dime and or in the company space. Oh, wait, you can't even bring meat into the building. No. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say that like as a private business, I applaud them for doing whatever they want to do. 
they're allowed to. I'll also say that, yo, America, you got kind of an obesity problem, so maybe going vegetarian ain't the worst thing in the fucking world. No, wait a second. No, 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 no. You can uh, bring meat oh, you can bring on meat. your own, but you cannot order meat to this place well, so like I, it, and be reimbursed for it. It's a private company. They can do whatever they want. I admire their willingness to make that change. I really don't think that the effects of vegetarianism are going to kill anybody. It's probably beneficial to a lot of people with fucking bad cholesterol and bad hearts. Well, they're not doing it for health reasons. They're doing it because they want to lower their carbon footprint. And that's cool, too. Like, I'm all for it. Like, if, if I would rather have private businesses take those steps and make those changes than have the government start telling people that they have to. Well, the thing about it is, is that they are trying to enforce their beliefs on their employees, right? And now yeah. they're making it policy. So if you don't like it, fucking don't work there. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one way. But I, I also don't know enough about WeWork. I didn't think that they had employees. Yeah, of course. They need building managers. They need maintenance people. They need biz dev. So what they're saying is if you don't like our policies then you can go ahead and find another place to work. Yeah. Find another space to rent, apparently. Um, my thoughts on this is, I mean, I guess if you don't like what they serve, you don't like what they serve. Um, there's plenty of functions, work functions that I've been to, and I have not liked the food that they served. I just don't eat it. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, it's kind of one of those things is like if I worked at a restaurant that was a vegetarian restaurant, I can't really bitch about not being able to order a steak there because I work in a vegetarian restaurant. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, good for them. I'm glad they're doing it. I, I still hate hippies, but whatever. There's people that there's a lot of people chiming in on it. Uh, they're saying, uh, you know, Google had meatless Mondays and uh, the Google employees almost overthrew, uh, you know, the their bosses <laughs> we're like rioting in Google. Yeah. We're, we need our meat. Uh, there's other people that are talking about, uh, trying to control your employees doesn't work. Um, GE's tried to pay their employees to quit smoking. Uh, that, that didn't really work. Um, there's some other places that, uh, said they were going to hire non-smokers. They got sued. Uh, there's also, um, Hobby Lobby, the Christian group said they won't pay for abortions. Yeah. Um, but that's healthcare shit. Like that's, that's a little bit different than saying, like, we're just not going to pay for you to eat meat. We'll feed you. We'll give you food. We're just not going to. But it's one step. It's one step before saying we're not going to hire you if you're a meat eater. Well, OK, they're a private company. They're allowed to do that. Yeah, but walking a thin line. Not really, because you're still trying to control your employees. Yeah, every company tries to control their employees. It's true. I try and get you on a regular schedule. We see how that's working out. <laughs> Girl, how long steak, mister? <laughs> it's going to be at least 15 minutes, chef. That oh other one God. burned. I had to go give it to the homeless guy outside. All right. Before we get into something serious, uh, I wanted to go over some, something fun. Also something really silly. We had uh, here in Seattle, we had a burger battle royale hosted by the Seattle Times. And it was kind of like a... It was a winner take all showdown of burger magnificence. March Madness. And I don't know how I exactly feel about this. I don't know how many other cities have done this. And I don't exactly know what gives Seattle Times the right to host this event. Because they got the place to put it. We could do one if we wanted to. Exactly. I don't, I, here's the thing. I don't need to eat from every burger place. 
all at once to know what my, my pick is. I've eaten it enough of them. I already know what the best joint is, and it's not the one they picked. I just wanted to run down real quick uh, and name all the burger places that are in it, and we'll go by round by round. Uh, it won't take too long. I'll run down it real quick. Uh, you got Just Burgers versus 8-Ounce Burgers, Little Woody's versus Burger Master, BRGR Bar Seattle versus Dick's, Loretta's Northwestern versus Tipsy Cow Burger Bar, Lunchbox Laboratory versus Feedco Burgers, Red Mill Burgers versus 206 Burger Company, Coastline versus Blue Moon Burger, <laughs> Burger and Kebab Hut versus Unita Burger, Wibley's versus Scooter's Burgers, Burger Town versus Wally Burger, Giddy Up Burgers versus Katsu Burger, Kid Valley versus Little Chicken Burger, Burger Madness versus Cloud Nine Burger, Deluxe Bar and Grill versus Great State Burger, Zippy's Giant Burgers versus Burger Crawler, Pick Quick Drive-In versus Bent Burgers. Okay. First of all, I don't know where half of these fucking places are, nor have I been to all these burger places. I'm a big fan of burgers, but I've been trying to lose weight. So, Keith, out of all these places, how many how many would you say roughly you've been to? I'd say probably three quarters. So, out of those two... Uh, we, so the people that won were eight ounce burgers, Dick's lunchbox laboratories, zippies, little woodies, kid Valley, red bill, and you need a burger. I'm going to agree with pretty much all of those kind of once. Those are all pretty much the staples here in Seattle burgers in Seattle. I wouldn't call them premium. Well, they're the premier premier. Premier burger places. Yeah, okay. Not premium. The only one I was mad about was the Blue Moon Burgers because we've talked about the fucking racist owner of Blue Moon Burgers. He doesn't like black people and you shouldn't like him. <laughs> uh, Loretta's also didn't get on that list. Fuck a Kid Valley. I mean, I'm not really with that. I mean, they're decent, but they're, you know, they're a step up from McDonald's. So in the finals... We had 8-Ounce Burger going versus Little Woody's, Lunchbox Laboratory versus Red Mill Burgers, Dick's versus Kid Valley, Zippy's versus Unita Burger, right? So Little Woody's, Dick's, Red Mill Burgers, Unita Burger ended up in the final four. And Dick's and uh, Red Mill Burgers uh, ended up in the final matchup, and Dick's won. Now, if any of you guys haven't ever been to Seattle, Dick's is our version of McDonald's, I guess. No, it's our version of like In-N-Out or White Castle. It's just that like regional, local, greasy 2 a.m. I've been drinking Pabst all night and I need something to hold down the alcohol. Uh, Burger fix. And in, in Seattle, saying I got a mouthful of Dick's has several different meanings. Yeah, well... Quick story. I used to live in Vegas. My brother lived here in Seattle. He brought me a shirt down to Vegas when I lived in Vegas, and it was an orange shirt with a drive-in, and it had a like a Mr. Freezy Conehead guy. I guess he's their mascot or something like that with the thing, mmm, dicks, tastes good in your mouth. I loved the shirt. I thought it was an ironic T-shirt. You know, something that you could say, mm, dicks taste good in your mouth. It's like, oh, yeah, they're burgers. Like, it's something you could say and nobody will be offended because it's a burger place called Dick's. I had no idea it was a real place where people actually say, I'm going down the street to grab a bag of dicks and I'm going to put all those dicks in, in, my mouth. in my mouth. So I will take that whole bag of dicks in so my mouth. So when you tell me to eat a bag of dicks, I think to myself... Not a bad idea. And apparently people in Seattle um, all enjoy taking uh, bags of dicks to their mouth. Dude, so many dicks and so many mouths out here. Now, your opinion. Who would you have liked to see win this burger battle royale? 
First of all, I, I want to say to uh, Miss Bethany Jean Clement, who we hope to have on the show one day. So I do not want to insult her uh, uh, during this 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 disagreement. But Dick shouldn't have won. Period. I don't think Dick should have won either. It's a nostalgic win. I will say Little Woody's is the best burger in Seattle. Me and Keith do tend to agree on this argument of what's your best premier burger place in Seattle. I mean, I don't know how we're really judging this because I don't think these are the best burgers in Seattle. Because my best, bro, I mean, you could, Metropolitan Grill has an amazing burger on their Ooh, happy that hour one menu. That's the, yeah, no, I love that. That's place. fire. But my favorite burger in this entire city, and I'll go for it. Their happy hour burger for sixteen dollars is the happy hour is only seven. No, I'm talking about another place yeah. uh, for sixteen dollars at uh, Palace Kitchen. Uh, Tom Douglas's restaurant for $16. That is the best fucking burger for the price. It's a good burger regardless. I think that you need a burger has a better burger than Woody's. I don't. I've tried it a couple of times. It just, it. Shout out Marcus, uh, little Woody's. Thank you for starting that shit up. So yeah, I wanted to shout out these guys at Pelton cast. Uh, they had Marcus from little Woody's, uh, Marcus Lario on their podcast. Um, they did talk and taco time where they talked a lot about tacos, uh, taco time and other tacos in the Northwest, uh, best burritos, all that good stuff. So I like to more listen to people who actually know than idiots who uh, go to Seattle Times and uh, vote on uh, March Madness of Burgers. That's just going to be me. Uh, you know, man, Little Woody's all the way. Now to some more pressing and serious business. Uh, do we start off by saying fuck Dave Meinhardt? Uh, I would say fuck Dave Meinhardt in the ass, but that's just me. <laughs> so It's funny because me and Keith had originally wanted this guy, this gentleman, to come in and do a podcast on the Soundcasting Network about politics. Yeah, he's a very politically active guy. He's very opinionated. Uh, he's a bit of an asshole from what I've I, I've gathered, which, like, whether you like it or not, makes good radio. Yes, yeah, somebody else had came up to me, uh, a buddy of mine had came up and was like, weren't you trying to get him to have a podcast on the Soundcasting Network? And I said, yes. And he go, and I go, you know, we really dodged the bullet on that one. And he goes, did you? Because you might get a lot of listeners now that this shit's going on. The thing about it is, let me explain first of all what happened. People around the nation who listen to this podcast or world who listen to this podcast, Dave Meinhardt is a... Very sort of famous uh, business owner here in Seattle. He has been involved in so many different things. He started the Capitol Hill Block Party. He owns a record label, a management company. Uh, he is co-owner of the Comet Tavern. Lost former owner because he is no longer with those companies. And we'll get into that too. Yes. Basically what happened is he has been had over five different claims of misconduct and misconduct in between the years. Oh, of fuck. No, let's not even let's not say misconduct. Let's not tone this down. He's been accused of groping, <laughs> uh, orally raping, uh, other raping, orally raping. Like force that one chick to, you know, do the thing. I just don't like the way you say orally raping and well, look at me. <laughs> Come here, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, but he's been accused of doing like a bunch of horrible shit, raping women and uh, being quote unquote handsy. You fucking grabby motherfucker. I 
it is just another one. I'm not surprised. Nobody who knows this dude is surprised. I don't really know him that well. I've met him a couple of times. He runs around in the same circles that I run around in. And there's been a lot of, of opinions from people I know who are really feel bad that they haven't said anything. They never said anything before this came up. There's another guy who used to it worked for one of the people that he was accused of. It's another restaurant bar owner who's being outed. And I've been getting away with it for a long time. And the whisper network knew what was going on and nobody did anything until, and, and, and shout out to Sydney Brownstone over at KUOW. Cause she actually went out and did some reporting and, and did some actual legwork to find all these women to make all these accusations to pretty much gut Dave Miner like a fucking pig. <laughs> Cause he ain't got shit left, yo. Uh, yeah. So from what I here's here's my opinion on it. No, I don't even have an opinion on it. Uh, I just think he's a real piece of shit. What I wanted to say and what I know is that right now he is no longer a part of any of the businesses that he started. He has been bought out. By everybody, or they're in the process of buying him, or out. they're in the post process of buying out. He has no longer; he's not managing, he's not in charge of any of those places. Um, his bands have dropped him. The people that have contracts with his companies have dropped him. Yeah, um, and so it's tough. I mean, I had a girlfriend. Um, I have friends that still work for the companies that he ran. Uh, I have numerous friends that have built those establishments that he runs and operates. Um, so. It's kind of tough when you hear pe- people saying boycott his places. There's many posters up in the neighborhood where I live in where his businesses are operated at. And they have made these giant posters. Fuck Dave Minart. Minart. I always say his name wrong. Um, fuck Dave Minart and boycott these establishments, right? It's really hard to do that because. There's other people involved. I, I'm, in the, not just- I'm in the industry. And uh, my friends work for those, those companies. There's other people that I know that have also put up posters saying, listen, we know that you work for a piece of shit. We know that you need a job. You've been there a long time. And so they're doing everything they can to relocate or offer positions to people that work for his company. Right. But at the same time, some of those establishments have been around a a very long time and they mean more to the city than just the owner. Well, here's the thing. If he's out and he's done with them and they've said, okay, you're, you're, you're gone. I have no problem spending money with them. Okay. Now here's where it gets tricky. Just because he is no longer named in, he's no longer part of that business. There's no doubt in my mind that some of his money is still going to be involved in opening up some new businesses and receiving money from some of these other businesses that his name is not attached to. So once you're so, and he has political ties too, to the city. Yeah. They're all Dude, They're all giving the money back. They're just like running as fast as they can. So who's this, but who's to say he, he can't find ways to still fund some of those politicians or fund businesses and open up businesses. Do you, this is going to affect his public image. Do you think it's going to really affect his pocket? I think it already has. Like, here's the thing, right? No, so they he, bought him out. They bought him out. Right. But like, look at the, 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 the $7 million project. He just, he bought into down for the, down in Soto. That's why he liquidated some of like big Mario's he got out of a little while ago. Um, and some other shit, but like, who wants to touch that? Who wants to be in bed with the rapist? 
I mean, yeah. I, we're just fortunate enough to live in a city where we don't put up with that shit. Uh, now, if you're maybe on the east side of the Cascades, this wouldn't be such a big deal. But since it's Seattle, uh, everybody's making a really, really big deal of it. And he is such a polarized, vocal, you know, big name he's a, yeah, he's, he's a, person he's, in the city. He's got influence. And like, there, there's... I don't think there's any chance that he's going to go completely broke. I think that he got bought out of a lot of businesses. Uh, he probably got bought out at reasonable prices because people just wanted to get rid of him. And really, it comes down to the community making sure they know who's doing what and where that money's coming from and holding those people responsible. The odds are it won't happen. No. I, I don't know, man. Like the five point, like he owns the five point cafe. Yeah, it's his outright. It's the only one he had that was just his. He, he's trying to sell it, I think, from what I hear. But that's the one place that I've been vocally saying, like, we can't go to the five point anymore. But I have numerous friends that work there. I once got kicked out of the five point for life. Oh, shit. I've been kicked out of five point <laughs> hell at times. Shout out uh, Crystal Jewel. You can go see her at the Lava Lounge. But she worked there for years and I used to come in there and I'd be specifically waiting until 6 a.m. <laughs> and she would tell me. She knew I was there to wait until they started serving <laughs> booze again. And she would tell me, when it's six o'clock, Robbie, you're still not being served. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, Crystal. Six o'clock. I'm going to beer and a shot. She's like, hell no, you ain't getting shit. Matter of fact, you've been a nuisance the entire time. Leave now. So I've been kicked out of that place numerous times. And I have tons of really good friends that work there. But I just don't know how. I mean. I can't directly support the man. I, I And like, you know, just knowing that that's the one place he's got this his. It's difficult to say spend money there. I mean, a bunch of me and my friends, I was just having this conversation with somebody else. Uh, the co bunch of people are saying that, you know, we can't go to the Comet Tavern anymore. Man, we, no, but none of no real Seattleites have been going to the Comet Tavern since it's stopped playing live music and it got remodeled. So since they really took it over and made it a yuppie bar now, we haven't went there anyway. They kind of it's not the same. Lost Lake. Yeah. You Never know, I know oh, I went there for the seven dollar steak one time. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really been a part of block party. I mean, he's helped book it, but I don't think he's had any ownership. It's just like Marcus Charles. He sold block party a long time ago. Now, the question is, are they were they still making money off of it? They might not have any managerial yeah. or management, but still. It's a dirty fucking business and it's a dirty situation. Um, I'm just happy. That, I mean, and here's the thing. I'm not usually one to jump the gun on accusations to say, fry this guy. Motherfucker came out on a post and fucking tried to mansplain and say, like, oh, it's not as bad as it sounded. And know? that's the thing. It's like, it, it wasn't just like one or two things. It was like a pattern of behavior over like 10 years. And I think we both know one of the people who was, you know. We don't know who that person is. We have a pretty good idea. And the point is, though, is that we have enough regard for her to understand that she's probably not making this shit up for any bullshit. This is not like, a, this is not a person who does not have credibility. Oh, I have friends, I have really good friends that have done business with him and been friends with him and known him personally for years and years and years. And they are mortified that they didn't say anything. They've known shit like this for a while and they've seen it and they've just chalked it up to him being him. Like that's just who he is and that's just how he acts. Don't take any offense to it. Now did they know they didn't know that he was 
forcing himself on people, that he was waiting for them and stalking them, basically, and then pulling his fucking dick out. They had no idea that was going on, but they knew he was handsy. Everybody's had a handsy boss. In, in their life, right? Especially in this industry. Yeah. And so you didn't really take it personally. You just kind of said, like, that's just the way he is. He didn't mean anything by it. But that shit just doesn't fly anymore. No. Uh, especially in within the industry now. Because... You're trying to keep every cook you have. You're trying to keep every employee in the back of the house that you can or the front of the house in the restaurant industry, at least, because there is nobody. So used to there was they came a dime a dozen. You grab some girl. She made a big deal about it. You fired her. Bring in the next young, good looking person and harass them. You just keep on keep on coming. But now through. Yeah. But nowadays, nah, you can lose your fucking business that way. Uh, You can lose everything. Your family, your name. Motherfuckers, you'll lose your, your face. Cause empire. You'll lose your face. Mother people will knock you the fuck out. That's also what I'm thinking in this city is there's somebody that's going to, you know, I'm sorry, but Seattle's too soft for that. Oh, man, depends. You don't fucking hang out with my friends, do you? Uh, all I'm going to say, man, is that like of all the cities in the world where I can imagine somebody knocking out Dave Miner for being a scumbag, Seattle isn't it. <sighs> Unfortunately, you might be right. No, but I know I'm right. <laughs> if it was New York City, it might be something, but. <laughs> New York City, you get fucking box cutter to his face. Catch a buck 50. <laughs> yeah, catch a buck 50 real quick. <laughs> And that is going to bring us to the episode of 110 of Grill. How long take, mister? Uh, uh, you know, Chef, I gave up. Uh, I'm on a no-call, no-show the second half of this. Yeah, sorry we haven't been putting out putting out uh, shows uh, like we should be. Summertime's getting busy. I am going to be on vacation slash working in San Francisco for two weeks. So maybe we can try to get something going to where I call something in. I can make time for it. Well, I think maybe we'll try and get you in once before you leave, and then we'll we'll, we'll stash that away somewhere. And then uh, Johnny's got a bunch of stuff coming up here, uh, but we will continue to be doing shows. Um, any topics, any feedback you have, any uh you want to argue? Hit us up and let us know. You want to argue with me and Keith? Keith's good at arguing. Me, not so much. I'll just call you names. Uh, then you can hit us up at <laughs> grillhowlongsteakmister at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to catch us on Facebook, it's, you know, Facebook backslash grillhowlongsteakmister. It's Mr. MR. If you want to catch us on Instagram, it's uh, at how long steak mister twitter it's gonna be at how long steak mister if you want to see me on instagram i appreciate all them follows i've been catching hell hella chefs hella cooks hella purveyors uh i want to shout you all out on instagram hope you like my pictures i don't know i don't do too much food i do the weird art stuff and me just being a weirdo i'm gonna be at bobby stills on uh instagram you can catch johnny on instagram at johnny tsunami keith he's i'm trying to get him on instagram I'm on Instagram. I just don't post anymore, man, because I haven't had time to go out. Like, I, all I do is take pictures of graffiti. I just haven't had time to go look for new shit. But you don't write graffiti. I know. I just like it. Call, call him a toy. Clown, <laughs> clown shoes. If, if, if I was fucking somebody's shit up, I might be a toy. At this point, I'm just an appreciator of art. <laughs> I got a friend who just like, he's like almost 40 years old and just started getting into graffiti and he started, he was like, do you think Clown Shoes is a good name? I was like, that's a perfect name for you. He had no <laughs> idea what that, that meant. And uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Should I out him right now? He also writes Total Recall, uh, which some of you guys might have seen around Seattle if you listen to this show. But uh, so those are the same people. But we're out, bitches. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.